We have all seen the movie The Ten Commandments. In fact, just the mention of the title probably brings to mind the image of Charlton Heston playing the role of Moses, stretching forth his rod in the Red Sea parting before your eyes. The truth is, despite Hollywood's attempts to bring this story to life, we don't know exactly what this looked like. But that wasn't the only water crossing that the nation of Israel had to deal with. After traveling down to Mount Sinai and wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, the people were faced with another water crossing. Before they could enter the Promised Land, they needed to cross the Jordan River. Do we know what that looked like? Well, with this story we're given a little bit more information. And how do you get all those people across the river so quickly? Keep listening and we'll be answering these questions on today's program. Welcome, my name is Barry Brittnell and I appreciate you joining me for today's program. In today's world, we think about water differently than they did in biblical times. At that time, water was a barrier. It was very difficult to get around. But it's not that way today. Here in the United States, the Mississippi River flows from the state of Minnesota all the way south through Louisiana before emptying into the Gulf of Mexico. In some places, the river is over half a mile wide. But there are over 150 bridges that cross the Mississippi River. It's not really a question of if we want to cross, but where do we want to cross? Every day, several million people cross the Mississippi River safely, without even thinking about it. Even our largest bodies of water are no longer a barrier. Every day, airlines transport thousands of people across our oceans from one continent to another. This change in perception of water has only come about in the last 150 years. But back in biblical times, it was much different. Water was a barrier. There were no large bridges for people to cross. People were just trapped, or they had to travel great distances to get to where they needed to be. Just before entering the Promised Land, the nation of Israel was encamped in the plains of Moab on the eastern side of the Jordan River. The city of Jericho sat only a few miles on the western side of the river. Now, imagine that you're a soldier in Jericho, keeping watch over the city. From your vantage point, you can see the Israelites on the eastern side of the Jordan. You can see their tents and their animals and their pillar of fire and pillar of cloud. You've even heard stories about the problems that they've caused to anyone who gets in their way. But you're not concerned. Why? It's because between you and them, there's water. They may be strong, but you know there is no way that they are coming across the river. Maybe a few people, but certainly not their whole army. And that's especially true this time of year. Joshua 3 tells us the story. In that passage, it tells us that it was the time of the harvest and that the river had overflowed its banks. During most parts of the year, the Jordan River was up to a quarter mile wide. But this time of the year, it was much wider and the current was flowing much faster. A soldier that stood on the wall in Jericho may have been able to see the Israelites, but he wasn't worried. There's no way a huge group of people are going to be able to cross the Jordan River. 
Well, obviously, they didn't understand the power of God. But here's the question. How do you get several hundred thousand people across the river as quickly as possible? Well, that leads us to Joshua 3. Beginning at verse 14, we read, So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, And as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the time of harvest, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all of the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Moses had instructed the priests to carry the Ark and to step into the Jordan River. And just as their feet touched the river, the river dried up. But the text gives us a little more detail. What was really happening was that God was stopping the water at Adam and not allowing it to flow to the south. So, where is Adam? The scripture tells us that it was very far away. But what does that mean? All of you have seen a map of Israel. So in your mind, think about the distance between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The town of Adam is located about two-thirds of the way from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. As the crow flies, that's a distance of about 20 miles. So, how did God get his huge nation of Israel across the Jordan as quickly as possible? For a distance of 20 miles, from the town of Adam all the way to the Dead Sea, God dried up the river. That is how you get a huge group of people across the Jordan River. Imagine a river near where you live. Now, imagine that river completely dry for 20 miles. That's what God did. In biblical times, water was a barrier to the people of the earth. But for God, it provided him yet another opportunity to demonstrate his wonderful power. By understanding the geography of the Bible, it helps you to understand the Bible stories even more. Are you interested in learning more about biblical geography? Be sure to go to our website, www.exploringbiblelands.com. On it, you'll find a number of stories and pictures from the land. While you're there, sign up to have our blog post emailed directly to you. I also have a resource page on there which will direct you to other web pages that have great information about biblical geography. Also, look for us on social media. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Google+. Just search for Exploring Bible Lands. I'm constantly posting information to social media, so be sure to look us up. Thank you once again for joining me. If you find this information helpful, please tell others about it. And I look forward to our next time together as we will once again explore the lands of the Bible.